0: Hello and welcome to Nantucket After Dark, where we talk about sex, relationships, love with spirit in the mix. I'm your hostess Dorothy Stover, the founder of Nantucket Love School. Welcome to The Sexual Evolution. Let's dive into this week's episode. Yay, Melanie. Oh, my god. <laughs> so happy to see you. And thank you so much for coming on today. And we're going to talk about trust. But before we get into trust, I want to first introduce who the beautiful Melanie. Uh, Last time I saw you, we were having a deep discussion around my favorite cream of wheat.
1: (laughs) The cream of wheat. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> but for, for those that don't know Melanie, she's amazing uh, sex educator. And I met Melanie through Icy. And this is a mouthful Institute of Sexuality Education and Enlightenment. Did I do it? Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were in the same supervision group and we started a podcast together, the Sex Drive podcast with there's what, including us. There's five or the seven altogether sex educators. And so Mm -hmm. it's really incredible. Definitely people go check that out. And Melanie would love for you to give a little introduction, who you are and yeah, a little bit about that, what you do.
1: Absolutely. So thank you, Dorothy. I always, I mean, I always love hanging out with Dorothy because y'all Dorothy has like the best energy, but then she also just like gives me so many compliments. So it's just like a good, like little, like hair flip ego moment when I'm like, Oh, like she thinks I'm beautiful. But yes, um, I am Melanie. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I am a queer white woman from uh, actually the Boston area in the U S. So I have been there my whole life. Um, I am a public health social worker, uh, recently graduated public health social worker. So cheers to that. Yes. Thank you, Dorothy. I'm very <laughs> excited to be done with grad school. And yeah, like Dorothy said, I we met through our IC sexuality educator uh, training program. And I, I was just at that point so exhausted and infuriated with grad school, but I just dove into this training program while I was in grad school. (laughs) I was like, let's just like keep filling the plate, but it was really, really wonderful. And I think it was really kind of the educational experience that I had always been craving. I have always really been passionate around um, in like sexual violence prevention. I have always kind of had a hand or both hands in sexual health and sexuality education in some form throughout my entire life. And it wasn't until I was in grad school and really starting to think about like, oh my God, what do I want to do with my life? What brings me joy? What am I passionate about? That that light bulb went off of, oh, like why not be a sexuality educator? I don't know why it took that long, but like it just clicked And I found Icy and I found Dorothy and yes, I found all of our wonderful colleagues and our wonderful friends uh, who we do the sex Drive podcast with. And it's been, it's been a joy and I'm so excited to be on your podcast. This is so wonderful. And I'm so excited for you that you're doing this. Like what a cool thing to be putting out into the world.
0: Thank you. Thank you for all of that. And yeah, I'm, I'm so happy with it. It's an exciting exciting and cool thing to, to put out. And so thank you. And thank you for being here. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to see, I'm so happy to introduce you to people that I know (laughs) and that listen. So yes, this, when we were talking about what to talk about, (laughs) it was, you you came upon that um, trust that you really wanted to talk about trust. And so I would love for you to dive into maybe why you want to talk about trust. Cause I think this is actually a this trust is something every year I get questions about or people like trusting again. Yeah. So I think it's going to be such a great conversation. Thank you for being. Oh my God. Okay.
1: <laughs> right off the bat, that makes me feel so good because sometimes I feel like I tend to hyper focus on like one thing or like one trend or like one like item or topic that I stumbled upon and I just can't let go of it. And sometimes I'm like, does anyone else think that this is cool or interesting? Or am I just like in my own little corner, which, Hey, if I'm in my own little corner, so be it, I'll have the time of my life. But it is nice to know that uh, this is something that you, um, in your experience as an educator, are coming across with clients and with listeners and Um, So I, I already feel a little bit of community, which is wonderful, but yeah, no, I, I brought the idea of talking about trust to Dorothy today. Yeah. Just because it's something that I've been thinking about a lot, particularly more so in uh, professional settings. So um, I am a public health social worker. And right now my full time job is as a project director, um, a research project director. So um, I'm working with a multidisciplinary team. I have incredible colleagues and Um, In this role, I am also kind of operating as a supervisor for undergrad and graduate students. So people who, I mean, I was just there a couple of years ago, people who are kind of still relatively young, figuring out what they want to do with their lives and have so much to offer and are so, I think, wise beyond their years, which is just amazing. Like I talked to like 18 year olds y'all and like they blow my fucking mind. But yeah, in, in these conversations with, um, one of my colleagues, uh, we were just like sharing about really shitty experiences we had had with like bosses and people that we worked with in like previous jobs and other settings. And to really make sure that we don't inflict that same kind of harm on each other we decided to come up with like co-working agreement maybe in like a non-professional setting it would be like a relationship agreement but yeah we came up with like a co-working agreement and we sat down and kind of wrote out a list of commitments to one another and how we were going to show up in our work together as teammates as colleagues how we can address conflict um, how we know and feel about like setting boundaries with one another, and also just like naming the power dynamics that often exist in a supervisor employee dynamic as well as how those power dynamics are absolutely influenced by biases and systems of oppression. And so all of that to say that in this kind of conversation, one of the questions that I had, I had posed to this colleague was, what does building trust look like for you in a professional environment? And I did one of those things where like, I asked the question without really having an answer myself, which like,
0: oh, I love that. I, like. <laughs>
1: It was funny because I, she like was so astounded by this question because I think it is so big and so overwhelming. Uh-huh. And she was like, well, Melanie, how would you answer it? And I was like, I actually haven't thought about how I would answer it. So like, <laughs> kind of like, I I, I got to kind of hold myself accountable for that. Like I, I should have prepared a little bit better, but it kind of just ballooned, I think into this really incredible shared aha moment of like, we don't, really at least for us like the two of us in this conversation like we don't often think about how we build trust with people and how trust is built in different kinds of relationships in our lives it is kind of more of like an outcome based perspective where all of a sudden i know that i trust this person or like i know that trust has been broken but like how did i get there how did we get there together and Of course, in this relationship and in so many of my relationships, one of the things that I'm really trying to bring in is intentionality. And I really do think that there is something about trust and reflecting about like our understanding and our definitions of trust, where we can bring in a lot of intentionality into building that or repairing trust in relationships that I think sometimes we can overlook. I gotta stop talking though, because Dorothy, I wanna pass it to you and just initial thoughts of like the why. Like, what do you think about that?
0: <laughs> why I trust someone? Or like, just, like what? why like why,
1: like, have you ever kind of had those? Similar thoughts or like moments in your life thinking about trust, of just, I really had this moment with this colleague where I was like, fuck, like I know that I trust people in my life, but I haven't really sat down and reflected on like, what did it take to get there? And so I'm curious just right off the bat, if that's something that like resonates with you or something that you've thought about.
0: Definitely. I, when it comes to trust, if I feel someone like I energetically can feel that what they're saying, and their body language, and like what they do is all in alignment, then my trust strengthens. I've also made peace with that. We all have parts of ourselves where we lie to ourselves, right? Like we all have parts of ourselves, I'm just going to deny that or I'm gonna push that off, or maybe I don't even recognize, maybe I don't even realize I do something, right? I, I've made peace with with other people being human. And so that other people may may whatever they're going through in their life maybe they won't be able to hold that space in in a way that maybe I can or vice versa. So I I think that's that we all have areas of integrity I think. I think many majority of us live in integrity in certain areas and some of us maybe don't. And so I have, you know, I know people where I wouldn't necessarily trust them with certain secrets, but I would trust them, say, with like a puppy for the weekend, right? Like, <laughs> yes. oh my gosh, no, this is like exactly what I was thinking about. Of like,
1: and I, before I, I will take a step back in just a quick second, because I, I want to go back to something, but I was thinking about this. I think trust and how we define it, but like how it looks is so dependent on like context and like the layers. I almost kind of see it in levels and my trust looks different with each and every person. But I do want to take a quick step back because I'm realizing I feel like I'm derailing your listeners already without giving them kind of my definition of trust and Dorothy I also want to hear yours yeah like when I when I'm saying trust and when I'm thinking about trust and this is something that in preparation for this episode and for talking with you I really like dug deep like I had therapy yesterday and I like talked about this I was like I need to be wow. prepared. um There's but like problem. yeah like thinking about like what When I am thinking about trust, what does trust mean to me? And certainly it feels hard to answer without putting trust into those kinds of contexts, because you're right. Like, I feel like there are so many different levels. It's so different from person to person, from relationship to relationship, but I kind of landed at trust to me feels like Maybe it's a bond, maybe it's a connection, maybe it's inspired by intuition, which I know is like one of your areas of incredible knowledge and perspective, Dorothy. It's it's a bond or a connection in which I can feel both safety, but also where I can feel like I can be brave. And so it's, I can feel that comfort and also I can feel like I can challenge myself to step into things that might feel more vulnerable or more scary and know that I'm going to be received and like seen with love. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. How would you define trust, Dorothy?
0: I would define trust as the space where I'm able to be true to myself. And so are you. Mm. Yeah. So Feel like when when you meet someone's energy and you're like, oh, I feel really safe to be myself, or really safe to say something, or, or and that they do as well, right? That that other person, or that they're able to feel like they can be honest. I think that is really nice space. And then also, there's integrity in yeah these unspoken agreements that I feel like we often have with people, and what what they'll do beyond the conversation or beyond the time what will they do out outside of that so when you're not looking I think that is the energy behind someone when you're not looking right like what they're Mm -hmm. some someone who's living in integrity you if if you know that person is doing like they are who they are no matter where they are (laughs) it's a lot of ours that's beautiful Then, you know, it's like, oh, they're, they're in integrity, no matter if anyone's looking or not. And in Mm -hmm. fact, if they're not looking, if that's who they are. And I I think about like my mom, she lived in integrity in so many different ways. And she often did things that people didn't know. And, um, or at least she thought they didn't know. And so it really just shows you what, with integrity, what, and I feel like integrity and trust go hand in hand.
1: Mm, Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so much of that just like gave me the chills. That's so beautiful. Aww. Um Yeah, no, I, I, and I love that bit too of, and this is something that I, I don't think I, I had fully flushed out in my own brain, but what I love about what you said too, is like that bit of, and correct me if I'm completely myth, like misunderstanding it, it's integrity, but I'm also kind of like hearing like authenticity and like yeah people being their like authentic selves when they're with you but like also being their authentic selves when they're not with you and I just I like that element to your definition of like thinking about like not only when you're in the same space and you're um you're together but like when you're not in that space how mm-hmm. can they still be showing up in a way that's building or c- like keeping your trust and and you were saying this A little bit ago, but that bit where you're talking about kind of accepting, but like welcoming people like being human. Yeah. So resonates with me because one of the things that I was thinking about was like in trust or in the people in my life that I trust the most at this point, in my life are people who I feel like see and kind of appreciate me for my complexities and kind of like for all of my messiness. And so when you were saying like you see and you appreciate other people being human, I just like my like my heart like saying it that because it was just it, I, I I really connect with that. I
0: think we all need that. Right. Because I think that is like that pure form of that's true, unconditional love is when we feel oh my gosh i messed up and someone's not sitting there comp- judging me telling me i'm a bad person or i've just you know i just keep failing in life right like all these things that, that can sit with us and can be so heavy and we can be harder on ourselves and so it's nice when someone can hold that space and um, or not even hold the space they don't even think about it because they're just like it's okay. Like we can move forward, like not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I love that. And I've had those instances so many times that it's really shifted my thinking around judging others. And then also moving forward that we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fumble. We're all going to say the wrong thing. We're all going to do the wrong thing. And at some point, right, we can't always be, yeah, we just, no one's perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. To all of that. Yeah. No, I think that that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned. And I think that this really, I think that this really is connected to how I define trust and how I perceive trust nowadays is like exactly what you were just saying of, I really kind of had to come to terms with and learn that harm in a lot of ways and in a lot of situations can kind of be inevitable. And so it's how we yeah. respond to harm and repair from harm. So those mistakes, those, those oops moments those times that you hurt other people's feelings, like how do you move forward? And I think in those moments, conflict and repairing harm and moving forward from harm can be really generative, but also to make it that takes a lot of trust. So like trust is like such a dynamic concept in a way where it's like you... Like building trust kind of takes a lot of the same elements or the same things for me that it takes to like have trust.
0: Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I love that you say, right? Like we're all at some point going to cause harm and it's about repairing it. And I think there's the other side of that is that harm is going, our feelings are going to get hurt too at some point. Our feelings are going to hurt, harms, you know, something harm can happen to us. But then it becomes the self-trust of knowing I can repair I can recover I'm resilient and I think that is those two sides you talk about repair it's like not only the relationship but ourselves and trusting ourselves I think that is probably maybe the foundation Uh of trust is like do you trust yourself because if you're able to trust yourself then you can go to that space with another person as well Mm.
1: Yes. Oh my God. And I was thinking about this too, like trusting ourselves. And of course, like not only how do we build and have trust with other people, but yeah, like how do we have that within ourselves? And I mean, I, I love your perspectives and what you share in the world for so many different reasons, but I will say that just for like the listeners out in the world, one of I think the most powerful things I've gained or I've learned from Dorothy so far is how to kind of better honor and appreciate and lead with intuition in my life. Dorothy, I, I thank you so much for that. And I appreciate you so much for that. And it's so beautiful and I feel like in this whole kind of conversation or thinking about trusting yourself, I really perceive it as being incredibly interwoven with intuition. And so I want to hear from you and your expertise. Do you see it in that same way or are you seeing it completely
0: differently? I, I, I'm, I do. I definitely see that intuition is interwoven with trust. And I also add in, you know, with intuition for me, I connect with God. And so I feel like being guided by God, um, tuning into God and your spirit team and, and, and the guidance that you receive. And so if you have a relationship with God that you trust God and you trust where God's leading you, where you're being led, then it the challenges or those spaces, you start to really trust yourself more. And when you start tapping into your intuition more, we're like, Whoa, I, you know, like for instance, I bet your intuition led you to the, you know, head overseas. And so (laughs) so you're overseas and you took a leap of faith. And that's what, every time we're listening to our intuition, it's a leap of faith. And Mm. so you took this leap of faith and I'm sure wonderful things are happening and, but it's like scary to listen to one's intuition. But then when you listen, say, or or even for instance, um, let's just say your intuition tells you to take a left turn when normally you take a right. And so you, you listen and you take that left turn and then you find out if you would have taken the right, there was traffic and you would have been late for work. So We're always being guided. And so the more we listen to our intuition, the stronger that muscle gets and the stronger the connection to source to God gets. And then that leads to so much trust of trusting yourself and trusting the guidance and going, all right, this is a huge leap of faith. It's super scary, but I'm going to go for it because I'm being guided. And then you go and you do it and you're like, okay, that wasn't, that wasn't too bad. and, And now I trust myself more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. The example
0: that you just gave
1: of like the turning left and turning right. It just like brought me into this like, like euphoric light bulb moment because, okay, just so people know, I like love a good walk. I am like a power walker. Give me my headphones. Like I'll put on a podcast. I listen to music, like the whole nine yards and Dorothy, just like what you were saying made me like think about why I love walking so much. And I really do think that it's like one of the moments in my day-to-day life where I'm really kind of leading with that intuition. Like I don't go out with like a roadmap. I'm not going out with a plan. I'm just kind of walking. And just like you were saying with that example, like I'm like, oh, like this looks nice. Like I'm going to go this direction or like, you know what? I'm feeling like going right, like go right. And so (laughs) I'm like having my own light bulb in the middle of this podcast. I'm just thinking about like, I've always really described walking as being incredibly meditative, but there is also kind of this like exciting, maybe trust that I'm putting into my intuition of like, you know, where you want to go. Like, you don't need to have like an end destination and like, you will find your way back wherever you end up. And so like, I just walk. You know.
0: Hi, that is so beautiful. Have you found there's been while you're doing this walking, because you're in Europe at the moment. Yeah. Um, have you found there's been like magical moments where like your intuition has led you places? Yeah. I mean, I think like
1: it's I will I will say that like there have been moments in my walks around here where like especially too, I think like walking in a city. So for listeners right now, I am in Portugal and I'm in uh Porto, and so it's it's a city and I think oftentimes in city walking, I tend to kind of like look right ahead of me or I'm like very aware of my immediate surroundings. So I might be looking down, I might be looking side to side and something that I'm trying to get better at is like looking up and actually like seeing where I am, like what a concept, but um, But yeah, like I I have found on my walks here where I really have, this is my first time in this city. I really have no understanding of like where I'm going. Again, I don't have like an end destination point. In the moments that I have looked up and like looked around, I mean, it's just like beautiful views or like just something like incredibly rich is happening. Like I find myself at markets, there's incredible street performers here. And I just like stumble across them and they're so incredible. And I'm just like, I have just like this really beautiful moment of just like, oh, like this feels so right. And how did I get here? And it's just like my intuition. And I am just like going without really kind of thinking about going. Does
0: that make sense? It makes so much sense. And I love that. It's so beautiful. I think that also can be, um, well, that's a, a, can be a beautiful part with reclaiming one's sexual pleasure that if you follow your intuition without like the end game being an orgasm that you're just following the pleasure, you can find those magical moments like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, Uh, I'm sorry, y'all. I don't want to derail the episode too much, but um, I will also say though, like, I feel like what we are talking about really to me speaks to, I feel like some of the components that are in like the trust formula, which like trust requires kind of vulnerability and risk and trying new things sometimes. And um, I, I think vulnerability especially is is like fundamental to like how trust is built and like how trust is sustained, but also like, yeah, you need to be open to the possibility of like building trust with someone else. And that can sometimes be scary because I think a lot of what we have to do to build trust in ourselves and with others takes a lot of vulnerability, a lot of like stepping in and being like, oh my God, like there could be a huge risk to this. Like I could have my heart broken. This could go like completely in a direction I did not want it to
0: go, but I'm going to do it anyways, you know? Yeah. Like that, you make such a great point about vulnerability. And, and I think there, there are, there, it's almost like we, not to say we test people, but we have these moments, right? Where we're like, okay, I'm going to share, I'm going to be vulnerable how is this person going to hold space while I do that? And, and so if it's a dating situation of trust or relationship situation and you're like, whoa, I was vulnerable with this person, but they weren't able to hold that space or in the way that I needed. And so I do think there's no matter if it's a romantic relationship or what whatever type of relationship it is, it is this like, okay. How do I, what do I need? What What do I need to feel safe, to be vulnerable? And then if that person's able to give it, wonderful. If, if not, um, making sure to voice too. I think there's a lot of people that don't communicate their needs. They just think, okay, this will automatically work. But I'm, I was just telling to my, my dad and I were driving the other day and someone cut cut us off. Um, they didn't use their blinker. They just went went right for it. And he was like, oh, gosh, you know, like, the, could have used a blinker. And I said, well, it's such a great example of how we're all running around not communicating with each other. Because it was a simple blinker that you could have just flipped up, takes two seconds, and that communicates what your plans are. <laughs> that communicates. Oh. And so I I see it, right. We see it every day of how people struggle with communication, even just with driving. We don't tell other people on the road what, what our plans are, but we just expect people to intuitively know what we're about to do.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I could also have like a, like 10 part series with you just about (laughs) communication. Oh, like that's also just something that in general, I, I I feel just really drawn to always I mean learning more about communication styles and certainly for myself, how can I continuously work and practice to become a better communicator? uh for myself and for others and so yes i i i'm I so appreciate you mentioning that and i feel like communication is like a key ingredient in like the trust cake
0: does that make sense that. i just ate a cake so that's why i'm like in cake <laughs> oh my gosh i've been seeing your stories and like all of those delicious pastries and i'm like i need that in my life um Y'all, yes i do it's, have i do have a question yeah uh, what have you been, what are some of the key concepts or key lessons you have learned along the lines of communication that could possibly build that trust?
1: Mm. Yeah, I, that is a phenomenal, phenomenal question. And I actually think that that relates to like one of the things that I wanted to talk about in this. Wow. So I'm going to kind of use it to segue into that of, Definitely. um, Y'all, I created kind of like a Q&A for Dorothy and I to do together and to complete together. And one of the questions that I wanted to ask myself and answer and have Dorothy answer as well is like, how do I show up in building trust? And one of the first things that I think about is how can I like practice open communication? And so open is also incredibly broad. And um, I, I think that it is open for wonderful interpretation and also it can be incredibly vague and kind of hard to understand and so but i will say for me i think i think one of the biggest practices that i i've learned and i have to credit a couple of books that i've read about like nonviolent communication styles is that like reminding myself that like listening is a part of the communication i think sometimes i don't know i i i feel like when growing up how i was taught to communicate is how am i speaking like when am i speaking and there wasn't much of a focus for me in kind of just like the building of my social skills of like wait but like how am i listening to others and how am i making sure that there are is always space for others and so um in showing up and building trust, communication is really important to me. And being an incredible listener is really important to me. And that's a part of communication. And um, I, I will also say too that, and I maybe this is like my like inner clinical social worker coming out, <laughs> because this is something that they said like, over and over and over again in, um, my social work program. But I I think it's a value is like the, like always coming from the I statements. I think that that is something that has really helped me focus my communication with others. I'm not here trying to say like, you feel this way, you did this, like, how am I feeling come from the I statement, lead with I statements, especially in moments of conflict, because I think we can get accusatory and we can target and we can lash out. And yeah. that can be really, I think that is just more than anything spikes up defensiveness and can really lead to some really tumultuous conflict where harm is just growing and growing and growing on either side. And so, um, yeah, that's that's just like a couple of things that I think about in my communication styles that I'm always trying to get better at and always trying to practice with everyone I meet is being a listener and being a listener who is affirming and is present. And also, yeah, always coming kind of like coming from myself if that makes sense.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. And nonviolent communication, such a great, such a great resource for people. Um, and there's actual steps inside the nonviolent communication. So if people are like, oh, well, where do I start? Well, you can easily go go through the steps of communication with nonviolent communication. and there's also a worksheet that they have where it has like maybe words you can use or you know to get to feelings and things like that. So it's such a great resource. Thank you for mentioning it. It's so it's Word, such what? yeah, if there's if there's two books for communication, I would say nonviolent communication and never split the difference. Those are Oh, two. My God, I haven't read the second one. Never split the difference is about negotiation, but really it's about empathy. Ooh. And it's about really starting to understand where someone's coming from and putting yourself in their shoes. And that's a key part to negotiation, which what we're all doing all the time is, you know, trying to understand people, right. Or we're hope, hopeful, <laughs> understand ourselves too. So yeah. those would be the two books I would recommend. And I feel like if you're coming from that nonviolent communication and about empathy, it changes mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. And the list. Uh-huh. Right. What is that saying? We have one mouth and two ears. So double your oh my listening. God, I've never heard
1: that. That is
0: outstanding. That is so great. <laughs> I don't remember the full quote, but it's along the lines of you have one mouth and two ears. So you need to do double the listening. It's like, oh my gosh. It's when you say it, like there's, it makes me
1: laugh because it sounds so silly, but then it's like, oh, it's so. Thought provoking and it's so deep and it's like so real.
0: <laughs> it's real, right? Like how we're built. You start to think about how are we built? And we're built with one mouth, you know, and yeah, those two ears. Oh that you really, <laughs> we all need to really sit and listen and how much right. is is um lost in translation or lost in yeah. body body language or not lost in body language, right? But what we're saying and the body language not matching up. So yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, trust. It's amazing how all these factors you're talk that you've been talking about with trust, um, how vulnerability plays a part, communication plays a part. And that's just so beautiful. I love love that it's such a full um, definition allows people the space to find their way because I feel like that is the biggest part right Is trusting ourselves and trusting others and yeah. if the pandemic the pandemic I feel like showed us so many so many different parts of ourselves and so many different parts of our neighbors and and communities and how there were so many people that showed up and trusted mm-hmm. each other And then you also saw that people didn't trust each other, right? Like that was that people didn't trust. Like, I mean, right. But I love too when people ask, right. To have their good boundaries and to ask, like, this is what I need. If you're not able to provide it, you can't come to our house. Like, (laughs) I love that because I feel like it's so important for people to have boundaries. And that's what helps us to trust. I think too, is when we go, oh, Hey, like, this is, this is what I need. This is what mm. I need you to do. If you're not able to do it, that's totally fine. But we're not able to do X, Y, and Z, right? Like, or yeah, I'm yeah. not able to go or this won't happen. And I think there's a, I know that this would actually heal so many people just having boundaries. Mm. And I'm not saying walls, like walls keep people apart. Boundaries are like, okay, how can I love you? So, oh. and how can you love me? And how can we share space? And so, yeah, it's really important boundaries are huge I know that's something too you wanted to talk about yeah oh my god no it's so beautiful and also just like what you said I mean
1: like about boundaries not being walls and boundaries are just how can we love one another in the ways that we want to be loved oh my gosh like that makes me want to ugly cry um it's so beautiful and yeah and I I completely agree with you just kind of what you're sharing about boundaries and how important they are and i certainly have in recent years learned a lot about my own boundaries and how to express them and yeah this absolutely connects to kind of this Q&A thing that i wanted to do with you and like my my two questions being like how do each of us respectively show up in building trust with others Um, and then like, also the second question being like, what do each of us respectively need to receive in building trust? Because again, relationships, I think always need to be dynamic. There always needs to be give and receiving from every direction. And, um, I, I will dive in with kind of my answer to that first one of like, how do I show up in building trust with others? Um, and what do I feel like is important to practice in building trust with people that i care about and what can i give them so to speak and um definitely what i was saying about like communication and again being a listener like nonviolent i love my i statements um things like that but like another big piece is always honoring the other's boundaries. I think that that is a huge way that I, I do show up in building trust with others and I want to continuously show up. Um, I To me, that feels very fundamental in trust is like honoring boundaries and also supporting others in kind of identifying and making new ones. Like, I'm not naming it here for you, but like, I I want you to know that this is a safe space to explore all of the boundaries, whether they may feel fuzzy, whether they may feel awkward at the beginning or whether they feel more firm. Like I accept and I honor your boundaries kind of wherever they may be and however um, they may change. And I I will just say before I pass it back to you, Dorothy, because I want to hear about how you show up in building trust and relationships. But the final thing for me is really like going back to this vulnerability piece, I think something that I have learned and in recent years and kind of in my own healing journey through um, and really kind of naming the traumas that I've experienced and allowing myself to like fully heal and continue to move forward is I, I realized that for a lot of my life, I, I don't really share my vulnerability with other people and how is kind of my walls, like they're not boundaries. Like I've had full blown massive walls. Like how are those walls not only impacting, obviously my feelings of, I can trust others, but like, how is that impacting others, people, other people's abilities or wanting to trust me. And so that's something that I've really, I mean, those walls still exist. They're getting smaller. I'm taking them apart brick by brick and I'm really proud of myself for that work. But yeah, like how can I show up for others in building trust is like, yeah, I feel like I I want to, and I need to share my own vulnerability and and like ask for help. And show to them that I want to trust them in that I do or I like I already do, right?
0: Yeah. So beautiful. I just want to take a moment. I'm in awe of you right now. So I just want to like <laughs> take a moment and I just listening to you speak and how you speak about holding space for others. And um it just feels like not only you're self-aware but aware of like what's happening around you with other people and it's something I don't necessarily see often, so I'm super curious. And yeah. if this is personal, we don't have to to discuss. But I'm super curious. Like, how did you get there? Like, how did you? <laughs> <laughs> is this? Oh my god! Like, did you learn this? this- oh like, god. That's like, a great parents- yeah. Like, were your parents like? really self-aware and allow you that space to be self-aware and then like also becoming like empathetic and like noticing other people was it in school like where I'm just super curious no oh my god this is so oh Um,
1: you're, you're giving me butterflies. I so appreciate this. And thank you for all of your warmth and those kind comments. If people haven't already figured out Dorothy and I are just like, this is a love fest episode. (laughs) That's what it's turning into. And I'm not mad at it. And, um, it's super wonderful. Yeah, no, I, that, that feels like a really hard question to answer just because like, There is definitely not like one moment in my life where I'm like, Oh, the light bulb went off Like (laughs) such a culmination of like everything in my life that I've experienced. I will say that for me, therapy has helped a fuck ton. Um, I I am, I have been consistently in therapy for the past like five years and I am so grateful to have like right off the bat in this process have met a therapist that I adore and I am still with her and I cherish her and Mm. she creates the space that I think I need to do. Like I need for my own processing and for my own healing. And so um, if listeners are contemplating therapy I completely support you in your own journeys, whether it's individual therapy, support groups, whatever feels best for you. And also if it's not therapy at all. And I will say too, that I think one of my mom and I have like a very like kind of, I I, I have like a very, I think, unique relationship with my mom. And I think a lot of that comes from that there's never a time where, My parents, my mom, especially because I have a much closer emotional relationship with my mom, but my dad as well. There was never a time with my parents where I didn't feel like I couldn't be myself or that like I wasn't my own human being. Wow. think one of the things that they did really right was recognizing and always treating me as like an autonomous human. Like even when I was four or five, even when I'm, I was a bratty ass little kid. Like I felt like there was just such this like air of like respect and almost kind of equality in our relationship where we were just able to be really honest with each other. And I always felt like what I was saying, they, they like took seriously and like, they never kind of questioned who I was. And they really, I think come from a place of like an unconditional love where like their unconditional love for me as their child is like, we just want you to be happy which I think heartbreakingly is not something that every child gets to experience with a parent or a caregiver is that like, they just want me to be happy. Like that's what they want. I I think that there are some morals and some family structures that can really impede that. And yeah, I was incredibly privileged to like, my parents are like, we just want you to be happy. Like we want you to be healthy. We want you to like have all these other things, but more than anything, like Your happiness is what we care about most. And so I think that from there, it's just from there flowed this incredible support of me being like an autonomous, independent human since forever. And I think that that has really, I, I, I think that that has given me a lot of freedom to kind of explore myself and recognize that like. My autonomy matters. And I think in building trust and building relationships with other people, knowing that kind of at my core and believing that about myself has been incredibly fundamental. And I think knowing that I have a choice in things and that that helps me kind of be more intentional around things. Oh my gosh. I feel like I just like, this is a therapy session, like part two, I am like going
0: off the rails, but like, does, does some of that kind of make sense? Dorothy, am I making sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. And, and you're, it sounds like your parents really taught you how to trust yourself.
1: Yes. Oh (gasps) Oh my God. You're bringing it back to the episode. (laughs) I appreciate you're such a good facilitator. That was so Fantastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know there's probably at least one person who's listening right now who maybe they're struggling in their romantic relationship and they have a child. And mm-hmm. so they're sitting here and they're like, whoa, I, okay. So what do I need to do for my child to make sure they trust themselves and trust other people and, and then are aware of themselves and aware of other people? Well, it's, it's really talking about that body autonomy and, and teaching them to be trusting of themselves and that they are their own person and equality plays such a huge part too it sounds like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I I don't yeah I was just saying I love it I think yeah such useful information. So I appreciate you sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's huge.
1: Of course, of course. Yeah. And I I don't even know, I don't even know if like equality is even like the right word to use for it, but like, yeah, no, I, I, I just like, I've always felt, especially in relationship with my parents that like, I solely, I should be the person kind of in control of my own life. And they're just there to support me in doing it. And I, I, and so, yeah, I I don't, I, the more I think about it and the more I kind of process it out loud with all of you, I I feel like it's not necessarily equality, but there's always been like, they've seen me as like a full human Mm. for like my entire life. And I, I don't know, I think that that is really kind of where maybe a lot of my behaviors and how I see the world and how I relate to people today come from. And I, I will just always say that like I've always felt a deep sense of like inner empathy. I mean, like I love people. Yeah.
0: I love meeting
1: people. I love like that has always been me. And I think one of my skills or like one of my like great affinities in life is like to like connect with people and really kind of feel their energies. And I think that that's definitely benefited me socially as like a young kid. Like I, I was always the kid that like included everyone. Like I never wanted people to be excluded because I was like, that's just like feel shitty. And I don't want people to feel shitty. Yeah. So I guess that's just where it comes from. I just don't want people to feel shitty around me. I want people to feel like loved and supported and happy and like they can be themselves.
0: Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, I love it. So good. <laughs> let's let's take a break. And thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. We're going to come back next week where we'll talk about rebuilding trust. And we'll go a little bit deeper into the discussion we've already started and give you some good tips to move forward to support you with trust and building trust. And thank you so much for tuning in and Melanie, just really quickly, can you share where people can find you if you're looking to be found?
1: Yes, absolutely. So you're on um, mute. (laughs) Oh, am I? It shows that I'm not. Oh, now you're back. Yes. If people want to follow me or connect with me, um, I am on Instagram a lot. I have a personal account, um, at Melanie 13, um, I will also give like a super awesome and deserved plug to sex drive Dorothy and I's podcast with five other astounding, wonderful, beautiful sexuality educators. So sex drive is our podcast. If you want to follow us there, we create some awesome content and some fucking amazing episodes um, at sex drive podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram as well. And yeah, that's where you can reach me. Engage with me, like my post, send me a, send me a message, comment. Uh, I'm I'm always
0: open for connection. Doing all the social media stuff. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> I love it. And you can check out her beautiful travels right now. It's definitely so fun. Oh, yeah. So fun. Well, thank you again, Melanie. And, I'll, and we'll be chatting. I am sending you so much love. And if you're feeling the love, I would love to ask you a favor. Please share this podcast with your community. It's super simple and takes less than a minute, but will help me create more content like this and help other people and spread that love. Here's a fun, easy way to do it. Take a screenshot and tag me, at Dorothy D Stover, right on over on Instagram. It's a win-win because I'll make sure to share you with my community as well. Plus, when you tag me, I'll send you a free gift because I like to do my best with spreading love around the world. Thank you for helping me do so. Until next time, peace, love, and hugs. Bye for now.